No Child's Wet Behind. That was one of my favorite titles of a special event <laughs> as I was teaching for the fundraising school. And it's because of that fun, because of that excitement, because of that energy, a lot of nonprofits like to have special events. And they can be effective for your fundraising if you approach them in the right context. Hi, I'm Bill Stanjakevich of the Fundraising School. This is the first day from the Fundraising School, and our guest today is Bobby Donahue. She's an expert fundraiser who has raised money for organizations of all different sizes and has also been engaged with special events at those fundraisers. And she talks a lot about special events when she teaches for us at the Fundraising School. And, you know, Bobby, I always like that in our class. We ask people for the titles of their events, right? And you get these great <laughs> names. And it's because they can be fun and they can be exciting. They can be helpful if we do them the right way. What are some of those tips that you have for folks? Well, I think probably the biggest tip I have for people is to know what it is you want to do. Not all special events are about fundraising. In fact, most of them are not. But if you don't know what it is you want to get out of the event, then you don't know what to measure. And that's one of the critical pieces. So if you're doing this to build excitement in the community, then what are you measuring? Not the money, but how much social media did you get? What, what happened about coverage? How was the word of mouth? And knowing ahead of time that you have to collect that information will help you plan for that and really talk about those results. Sometimes what you want to do is just build your donor base, mm -hmm. collect names. So if you're going to do an event, how are you going to collect the names and how many new names did you get? What more information did you get? All of those pieces. So number one is know what you want to do, what you want the mm -hmm. results to be, and plan for something your organization can manage. If you're a small organization and uh, you want to plan a run, you know, it takes a lot of volunteers right. to do a run. Do you have that kind of manpower? Is it within your capability? And last of all is do something that fits with your mission. So Mothers Against Drunk Driving are not going to do a wine tasting. Right. Just doesn't fit with their mission. Right. So those are things that you need to think about. You know, Bobby, in, inherent in your answer is that there can be nonprofits who see the special event kind of this magic wand. Well, let's just have an event. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Let's just do the event. And then they're very busy doing the event. But busy does not mean productive. Productive happens with planning, that there needs to be these comprehensive yep. thoughts going into this. Absolutely. And people who think that the special event is the silver bullet uh, clearly haven't done a lot of events because yeah. they're extremely time consuming. They're wearing on the volunteers. And if you could do and get done whatever you need to get done without doing the special event, that's my advice, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. because you can use that time planning and doing the special event, actually accomplishing things like meeting one-on-one -on -one with donors and maybe raising the 5000 you had hoped to do with that event if the full reason for the event was money. Now, there are other reasons, and, and most of the time we're doing events for other reasons. Recognition of donors, saying thank you, and there's plenty of good reasons to do it. But many times you could have six, seven, eight, one-hour meetings and raise the amount of money that you were going to do in something that maybe have taken 60 to 80 hours. Bobby, could you amplify that just a little bit more, please? And, and what we're talking about here is when we're raising money, if the event is for raising money, I'm not raising the gross amount of dollars. I'm raising the oh. net amount of dollars if I had to pay for the room or pay the entertainment or buy the food or things of that nature. And that's where your advice comes from, right? That if when you look at the net total, could I have just met with existing donors, asked for upgraded gifts, 
to be able to have the same kind of impact. Exactly. And the other piece in there is what was staff time, because mm -hmm. those salaries count. And many people who, when they do their budget, forget that they have to pay for some free meals, which can, may come back and surprise you because catering meals, as you know, are getting quite pricey. So if you have to pay for the people who are being recognized, for the speaker, what about staff? Are staff going to come? Are you going to pay for all your staff to eat? At what price? Um, all of those things come in and it can be a really tricky decision when you come down to that and then put your numbers together and say, well, with all these comp dinners and what it's costing us, we're really not making anything on right. the net. And conversely, there may be a business or two or several that want to donate their goods. They want to donate the food or donate the room, donate the AV, those sorts of things. And that actually could translate into more support moving on. That might be the business's first view of our nonprofit, right? So conversely, within the proper context, this can be a, a positive as well. And here's where your board can be so, mm. so helpful not just at filling tables, but helping you identify people either within their industry, printing. Many big businesses right. have in-house printing and they can print the invitations, they can print the program. Look at your expenses and see what you could possibly get donated and share that with those who have contacts broader than yours. I mean, if you can reach five people in a week or 10 people in a week and a board member could meet one more and you have 20 more board members, that's 20 reaches in a week yeah. that you can't do by yourself. And so Bobby has given us a lot of important cautions here. And at the same time, if we address those cautions, this can be a positive experience for our nonprofit, including bringing more volunteers to the table. I, I always think about when I teach uh, in our modules on special events, the television show, The Office. And you remember the character, Angela. She always loved to run the party planning committee. She was always about the party planning committee. There are volunteers who oh. want to be on our party planning committee, and that might be the only thing they want to do for us. And now we're expanding our network of people who care about us. How can this be a good opportunity to expand our house list, to expand the people who know us, including volunteers? Well, it is such a huge opportunity in that area by playing to people's strengths. Mm -hmm. But this is a great time for board members. If we just isolate the event as its own little thing, then we're missing some huge opportunities because your leadership is there, your major donors are there, new donors are coming in, and you have a list. You know who that is. You can match those donors up with some of your leadership and expand on your involvement in creating information about what it is they like. So assign each board member to a donor. Mm -hmm. Say, and I need these three questions. And I recommend three because that's what they can remember. It's what I can remember. <laughs> Older I get that, it's even more difficult. And say, okay, I'd really like to know where they went to college. I'd really like to know how they first got involved with us. And ask them to bring that back and then it's o the event's over, but the relationship has built. And then you take the next steps shortly after that to meet with those major donors that had a really good experience at your event to talk about it with them. We're so glad. Ask for advice. You came to our event. We'd really like to hear what you thought about it. What could we do to improve it? You're going to get a lot of information. They say, they say, if you want money, ask for advice. If you want advice, ask for money. But if you go in, and we truly do want to improve our events, so asking our major donors for that as a follow-up and putting that in the plan, the plan is not done, 
right when the event's done or when the evaluation is done, but building that back end to expand your relationships with your donors that were continued to grow through the event. Bobby, the focus is on the event and, and we have the event and now the event is over and we're all kind of exhausted because it was a big occasion. But what needs to happen with follow-up? What do we need to be doing at the event to make sure we have the names of the people who were there? And, and if we made a, a philanthropic request, certainly we're recording those gifts. But what type of follow-up needs to happen after the event as we've gathered people into one place on our behalf? Thank you, thank you, thank you. The num that's, many of these people have put in a lot of hours and that's their only payment. So number one is to thank your volunteers and thank those who came, mm -hmm. starting there. And then going back through your plan, say, okay, what worked and what didn't? Because if you do that then, then the next time you do the event, you're gonna have the changes already made. You're not gonna have to try and remember, oh, you know, was that a good AV company? You're gonna have all those notes. Bring the volunteers back together and ask for their opinions on it. Make sure you get account and all the information is put into your database mm -hmm. accurately. And then you can start to say, okay, who should we do follow up with? I worked for one organization where within a month after the event, they had all of the corporate sponsors come together for a big thank you breakfast. Ooh. They met with some of the, the clients that were served and they had a chance to sign up then for next year's event. Yeah. It's a way to continue the momentum of that positive event. And when you have an event, do what you can to take people there. And by that I mean connect them to your mission. You know, some people like to have an event at, at the big hotel or the country club, and that can be fine. Uh, but can you, even if you're in that environment, can you take them there with stories of your participants, videos of your participants, let alone can you have the special event at the place where you're delivering your services, you know, at your youth center, in your art center, those types of things, so that the folks who are visiting for the first time can really experience who you are and what you do in a very personal way. And of course, we understand with some nonprofits, they can't have their participants uh -huh. talk if it's, you know, relating to domestic violence or some of these very challenging issues. Uh, but if that's not you and you have some folks who've enjoyed your services and benefited, can they speak? Can you do some videos? that can help as well. So again, these can be positive experiences, but we plan, we use our time well, and we evaluate. And by the way, No Child's Wet Behind, raising money for diapers and other baby goods for our neighbors <laughs> who are low income so that their moms can uh, take care of them in those earliest days. So they can be a lot of fun, they can raise money, they can raise relationships, make sure you're using your time well. We talk about special events in many of our different courses. You can uh, learn about our courses on our website at philanthropy.iupui.edu forward slash the fundraising school. And there you're gonna find information about our quarterly webinars, these weekly podcasts, the research that we have from the Lilly Family School of Philanthropy, and many different practical resources that can help you raise more money to make the world a better place. You are now fully informed on this first day from the fundraising school. Thank you.